What's up, everyone? Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth as we get ready and we get to ready to rock and roll. Words are hard. We're going to get this down at some point, but thanks so much for tuning in, whether it's live here on the channel or whether you're tuning in after the fact or whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may find it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Week seven brings another great slate of games. SEC out of conference as well. We're going to be talking about those games much more. Best bets. Dr. Bob, big time shout out. We're going to show some off some of his best work that I think he's ever done. On tonight's show, here on the Crowded Booth. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon. Happy Wednesday, everybody coming at you from a different angle uh as always and uh man we're, we're ready to rock and roll ralph leary will manis my name is bryce coon thanks so much for tuning in on a wednesday night we're happy to tune in because has it gone final yet it went has final the, it went final okay yeah the um we're not gonna talk too much about it but it went final and that's it's over so that's what it is it gave me a lot of vibes and we're talking about the braves game if you have no idea what we're talking about Braves was, it gave me a lot of vibes when the Braves went out to the Dodgers, out to L.A. in 2021, and Chris Taylor hit like three bombs, and at some point it just didn't really matter anymore. Um, so, And then I had an LSU fan DM me that's also a Braves fan. He said, hey, look, game two of the College World Series, Florida destroyed LSU like 28-2, to two, and then uh, LSU came back and won it you know, in the series. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I still think that you know potentially Paul Skeens also is probably better than anything the Braves could have thrown out there today anyways. So we'll, we'll, you know, it is what it is. That's another show, another time. This is college football. Week seven is here, ladies and gentlemen. We got an action-packed show here tonight. Jonesy's first in the chat. Uh, we'll see if that's the only chat that he provides us with tonight. I guarantee it won't be. <laughs> I'll but take guys, the over on that. You'll take the over on that. Already <laughs> getting in on the best bets. I'll tell you one thing. I'm hot. I'm really hot right now in the best bets. It was Navy plus 20 and a half that righted the ship for me, <laughs> uh, which Dr. Bob pushed against me. But, Will, you're looking pretty good. Ralph, last two weeks haven't been kind, but there's obviously still some some opportunities to get off the snide. You're, you, you're three and three. I don't want to get too much into it. You're three and three. Will is four and one with a push this past weekend, and uh, I'm four and three. But I'm really going to say I'm four and two because we're only counting weeks one through six, not week zero. That was just an off the cuff and uh, opportunity. Muted. And Ralph's muted. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Naked mole rat not so being confused. able to talk tonight. He's so confused. How are you now? Didn't have a mic selected. Got to get that mic selected. Got to get that mic selected. But, hey, we're pumped to talk about college football, and uh, we're going to hopefully be better than the Braves pitching staff was tonight. A big, big slate of games, and we're going to roll right into game number one. Ralph, throw it up there. Can Auburn overcome LSU's offense in Death Valley? Well, you and I are going to have a full in-depth preview of this game tomorrow morning. So we don't have to, you know, flip, flip, put all, hmm? flip all the cards, put all the cards out there. Uh, we don't have to flip over our entire deck is what I was trying to say. Flip over all the cards of what we're going to say. But, yeah, this is going to be a great I'm, game. This I've got some game. stats. I've got some stats. You know I've got, you know I'm coming with the stats. Six of the last seven games in this series have been decided by five points or less. And the only uh, so, one that was was 2020, correct? The 40 to 11 win. Was that what it was? Think, Auburn I beat LSU? Was 2020. I know that was in Auburn, so I think it was 2020. Uh, mm. So – 
if you like that trend, plus 11 and a half looks really good. Uh, but but to me, it's more than that. This is a, a really interesting game. Two teams coming into this one. LSU, we know how good their pass offense is. Auburn has the number 32 ranked passing defense in the country. Uh, so they've been really strong. I, I, I am a homer. I will admit that. I'll put that out front. But I think Auburn's secondary matches up pretty well with this LSU uh, receiver core. Might be the best secondary LSU sees all year. Um, and another question, Mark, I have, and you'll be able to answer this, is how, how healthy is Jaden Daniels? Because it looked to me like he broke some ribs and played through it against Missouri. So if his health is a question mark, that is a huge plus for Auburn. Yeah, it is. Uh, coming out of the media call this this Wednesday, and then obviously talking with Kelly earlier this week, he's he's ready to go. I mean, he's uh, it was it was they thought it was some bruised ribs. They thought it might have been broken, but it was just bruised. I mean, he's a guy that takes hits, though. We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, he's tough. He's, he, tough. he's tough. He's really tough. I questioned back going to the Florida State game when he like jumped into a guy. Um, yeah, I was like, what are we doing here? But then you saw against, you know, Missouri, him fighting through with what would have been a touchdown later. LSU didn't even, uh, score on that. I think Ramos missed the field goal. I can't even remember that being said, the ability to, uh, be that small, but that shifty, he kind of like glides through the field, mm-hmm. like defenders. It's he not, does. it's, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, no, I think, um, you know, this game, I hesitate on that 11 and a half point line just because, um, just because of how wild and wacky this game is, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things and Auburn coming down to Baton Rouge where they obviously haven't had a ton of success. Well, what was it since 1999? They've won one time, one time here and it was Bo Nix's. And it was the worst, hopefully the worst Auburn coach I'll ever see at the helm somehow came away with that win. Exactly. Exactly. It was crazy. So that being said, I mean, LSU's offense is electric. Uh, there's definitely a case to be made that it's one of the top offenses in the country, production-wise, mm-hmm. especially Logan Diggs. We're going to get into more in this in tomorrow's episode, but I think that LSU sits sits in a good spot heading into this game. My matchup to watch for was actually on the flip side: two positions that don't really haven't really made a big impact. Auburn's receivers against LSU's defensive backs. It's two groups that are not really great. And so when you kind of look into this matchup, something's got to give. Like, either they're both just going to be bad and non-factors. I don't see that happening. And Auburn, Auburn it will be weird. I'm going to say it every week until they uh, overcome it. I think I think we're up to nine consecutive Power 5 games for Auburn where they have not thrown for 100 yards. It's either eight or nine. I think it's nine. broken this week. I got a feeling it's broken this week. That, I don't know. I think Auburn – that should be a win for Auburn. <laughs> it should. Run game too. If they get this run game established, it's going to be really, really, really great. Um, Auburn got good uh, yeah. news in that department. Damari Austin returned to practice this week. So that that shoulder injury he suffered against Texas A&M, not as bad as initially feared. Uh, he's still They're still calling him questionable for this one, so he probably won't get too many touches, if any. But uh, really good sign that he's back to practice. Yeah, that hit he took against AM, well, that was brutal. Man, I I thought he broke his arm. Like I mean, it was yeah. it, it really I thought bad. it was collarbone, broken collarbone. It was, gosh, it was rough. Uh you mentioned Auburn's run game. I think that's gonna be a key factor in this matchup. Can the can almost the Tigers can Hugh Freeze if he's really involved in the play calling too, I think that's gonna make a big difference mm-hmm. in this one. If Freeze can be super involved in what they want to be able to do, you know. I talked we we talked last night with Jacoby and Guillory, defensive lineman for LSU, and he said, "Look, you know, 
it's not as much of a challenge per se, because you don't want to speak ill will of yourself. And I get that. I don't think this is a shot at Auburn when he talked about kind of the two quarterback system. He said, but they do, they, they are different. Like you can't negate the fact that these two guys are different between Peyton Thorne and a guy like Robbie Ashford. So I think that they're ready for that. LSU's gone down to a base front, essentially base four man front, which worked for them in that second half, but it against Missouri, but it has been one of these things where if if an offense gets rolling against them on the run and in running the football and the, off, and the offensive line starts to really really feel some some uh, some rhythm, it could be a long day. But LSU's I think LSU's talented enough, and we'll have to go more in depth on it mm-hmm. uh, on the on the front side to be able to combat that. Uh, we'll see that. We'll see. Ralph, your thoughts on this matchup? And uh, I mean, it's a tall task. It's going to be a home game. Hugh Freeze talked about it. He's excited for calling Baton Rouge. He's excited for. The sun's going to set in the western sky. It's Saturday night in Death Valley. Like it's, I will say it does give you chills. Like I was standing on the sideline when he they did it uh, for the Arkansas game, and it was like this is this is grown man football. This isn't 15k inside Bobby Dodd. That's for sure. I was about to say, uh, yeah, go this ahead. Not Bobby Dodd. <laughs> yeah, this isn't uh, 15k inside Bobby Dodd. Yeah, you you talk about uh you had you had the matchup. I was going to say actually, all uh, Auburn's receivers against the secondary. It truly is. Um, can they do enough? at least get this passing game going so it's not one-dimensional offense. I feel like that's what Auburn's been the past, you know, two years really because it's you – know, they really haven't had a quarterback that's been able to do anything. You know, obviously last yeah. year uh, you go from Finley and you had Ashford. It just wasn't really anything going. Look, look man, don't don't give T.J. Finley a reason to come at you because dude's putting look, up numbers at Texas State. And look, and what, what, what he could, Good what for he could him. do at Auburn. He didn't do anything at Auburn though, did he? <laughs> And he did nothing or, when he was at LSU in the 2020 games. Against so, Auburn. He got so, benched against Auburn in 2020. So my, my thing is, it's like, let, let either, you know, whoever has the hot hand just roll with it. Stop switching up quarterbacks so much. I know it's it works in some systems. You know, Peyton Thorne looks good sometimes. And then Robbie Ashford comes in for two drives and he plays really well. And then you take him back out. If he's got the hot hand, leave him in there. I mean, I, yeah. that's just my thing. I mean, I understand the. You know, you don't have really a set quarterback because you know one does something better than the other one does. But you know, if one's doing that that one thing really good, let it ride for a little bit. It just it just keep momentum. So, Ralph I got to hear me. Ralph got to hear me against Georgia. Why? Why? Why are we taking Thorn out? Why is he coming out? There's no need for this. Yeah. Why? Yeah, and and uh, I mentioned this too. Why is Astro on the field? I mentioned this too with <laughs> did the podcast with Nathan King today of Auburn Undercover, and we talked about you know. This is going to be something where Thorne's ability to run the football changes a lot of things. The 61-yard run he had against Georgia, like if he's able to do that consistently, it gives LSU – it doesn't allow a guy, honestly, like Harold Perkins, just to beeline for the running back every single time. Like that's going to change a lot of things. Although I don't know if you guys saw this, Harold Perkins is starting to play nickel corner. Um, so he is now going to be playing – It's it's absolutely nuts. The interception that he had was him playing the nickel position. They, I mean, it's it's crazy. The dude's an unbelievable athlete, and um, it, I, I'm excited to watch this game. Nonetheless, we'll have a full, more in depth preview tomorrow. But Ralph, we'll hold off on our picks. You let us. I, I'm essentially, I'm Chris Fowler. He's Kirk Herbstreit. We're going to hold off. You roll with this one, there, Lee Corso. Uh, I'm going uh, LSU 38, Auburn 28. Okay, okay. So Auburn covers that 11 point spread. I, I will tell you this. My prediction was kind of close to that. Kind of close to that. I thought Auburn covered. I, I'll say this. I think Auburn covers. I, I do believe that Auburn covers. Will, do you want to give that at least? I think Auburn covers. 
Okay. All right. All right. LSU, though, I think we, we're kind of hovering above that. We'll get it more in depth tomorrow. Make but sure you check que- out. The question is, does Auburn need the points? Ooh. Does Auburn mm. need the points? Something. That's a little <laughs> teaser for tomorrow. <laughs> Let's roll the next game. Obviously, LSU-Auburn going to be a marquee matchup there in the SEC West, but as we continue to look at an SEC West-SEC East battle, guys, I remember it was, I believe, 2016. When Tennessee rolled into College Station, it was at kind of what they were able to do. It was the kind of the height of you know the uh, Jeremy Pruitt era. It kind of felt like with a loaded roster that Tennessee had. Was it Jeremy Pruitt the head coach in 2016? Is that is that right? That was so. that would have been Butch Jones. Butch it Jones. was Butch Jones. It was Butch Jones. Butch Jones. Apologies oh. on that. So so Butch Jones rolls into to College Station, and I believe Tennessee lost that game fairly close they heading into got, that game no, undefeated. They got, they got blasted. Blasted. 2016? Blasted. Yeah. No, it was 45-38 in double overtime. Oh. I must have been looking at a different game. Texas A&M. Anyways. I was looking at a different game. Anyways, I remember going next week to Knoxville or the or week or a couple of weeks afterwards when they played Alabama, and that was a year that they really felt like they had some steam. That being said, we talked about clock management. Obviously, the Tech fans in the chat got a chance to see some of the worst clock management ever known to man. But Jimbo Fisher had some weird clock management at home. Uh, it was really, really weird to see that they had uh, a chance. I'll just say that. We don't need to rehash it. They had a chance to really kind of make a statement at home. They couldn't. Now they head up to a Tennessee team that, to me, has talent. They've got ability, but they've just really been inconsistent. So, Will, we'll throw it to you. Does Texas A&M have an opportunity here? I mean, they obviously do. I think Tennessee's a three-and-a-half-point favorite currently in this game. How do you feel about this matchup between the Volunteers and the Aggies? This is going to be a really, 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 really close game. Um, I think it's going to come down to, to the final possession. I really do. And, and, you know, Tennessee's offense, they get the headlines. I've got, I've got stats in front of me pulled up, so if I'm looking down, that's why. Uh, Tennessee's offense is going to get all the all the headlines with Josh Heupel, obviously. Uh, I got to stop reading the comments. Uh, Joe Milton is has starting to settle into this offense. Uh, he's played better in recent weeks after that Florida game, uh, but it's a different offense. Tennessee's running the football. It looks different than with Hendon yeah. Hooker running it the last couple of years. Uh, but to me, the big story is the Tennessee defense. Uh, they're really good. They get to the quarterback. They're they. Uh, eighth in the country in yards per play this defense is so i think the tennessee defense is the story i think they can cause some problems we've seen i think all three of us have been very complimentary of max johnson he didn't look great against alabama that defense was able to limit him max johnson i think kind of limits how explosive texas a&m's offense can be and showing why connor wagman was a starting quarterback tennessee they can get to the quarterback they can make some plays they can really uh they can really limit Max Johnson. So I like the home team in this one. Yeah, I think it's a matchup, too, that, look, when people think of Tennessee, they think of their ability to throw the football down the field. One of the best names in college football, Squirrel White, has been a dynamic weapon uh, for Josh Heifel in this offense. Here's the key stat for me, though, and or the key matchup, I should say, Will. You mentioned Tennessee's defense, which has been a pleasant surprise, I think, for Vol fans. Um, and, and right there, I had it right there. Dr. Bob, you know, just mentioned right there, Tim Banks, he's he's been really good. Like, he, he has employed a really good defense of what they have. That being said, they showed it at times last weekend against Alabama. They showed it against Auburn. I think A&M has some of the best talent 
on the defensive front in the country. You know, whether it plays all together on a given Saturday, that's a different question. They're only allowing 84 yards per game on the ground. I think if you put this on Joe Milton's shoulders to go win you a football game, if this was a neutral site or if this was in College Station, I would take the Aggies and really wouldn't feel really wouldn't feel different about it. At home, how does you know you got a veteran quarterback in Max Johnson who has played in some big time environments? Can he game manage enough and get it to the athletes? Maybe. I, I'm I'm going to lean though Tennessee in this. I think that A and M's offense uh, is going to be able to do a little bit. The defense is going to be really really stingy up front. But I think this has a chance to be kind of a slugfest, like in a weird way, and not necessarily a high-scoring affair. I think this has a really good chance to be one of those games that finishes, I don't know, let's say like 28-24. Like one of those games where the offenses are really working against two, like you said, solid defenses. Um, but I'm going to take the I'm going to take the the volunteers. I, I I just I just think in this scenario with a team like Texas A&M, they need this win a lot. Like I think they're going to be playing desperate because they really do need this win to win to keep their SEC West hopes alive. But this could also be a big marquee win for Tennessee, Josh Heupel, and it would kind of prove to me at least last year wasn't a fluke. Like last year when you had all these unbelievable athletes, it can still work with different faces. So I've got the the, the volunteers winning in a close one here. I, I think they cover that spread too. Ralph, how about you? Where do you sit on this game? I'm going to AM. I, I just I don't I don't want to doubt them out this year. Um I feel like last year I just kind of laughed at them every game they played. The whole they, country did. The whole country right. laughed at them last year. And I just think they're they're a better team. This is more of a you know, developed their, you know, it just, it's, it's a lot different than last year. I know last week's game, it was, you know, came down to the last minute. Honestly, they were, they were one tackle away from having a chance to win that game when uh, Milro back, uh, threw, a, threw a pass to, um, I, I want to say it was Jace McClendon. And McClendon had his knee on the ground, but luckily didn't have the ball in his hand yet. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been a fourth down. And after that, it would have been probably been, you know, you give any of the ball back with, you know, how much time left was on the clock, I don't remember. But, you know, that's how far they are from that game. So, you know, I don't think, you know, I, they have them unranked right now, which I think is just outrageous to me. A&M's still a very good team. I have Anaya Smith being a, the, the game changer this week. Um, not just on the receiving end, like in special teams. That's where he has just been dominant this year. Um Watching them make a few plays on special teams to, to really change the game and change the momentum going into this game. I mean, you know, you get this this uh, Tennessee like crowd quiet. It's, it's a lot easier to play there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I do think that um, look when you look at when you look at the ability to quiet a kneeling crowd, you got to start fast. Can Max Johnson do that? And look, maybe Max Johnson proves us all wrong here, and he's he's able to be a little explosive. Like he's able to showcase some of the things that had him as a highly touted recruit. Uh, you know, there was a reason that he was able to win, you know, some games at LSU when he was the quarterback. There's a reason that they have the faith in him. And you go back to the Auburn game, and he didn't look too bad in that Auburn game. It's just more of being effective down the field with some of those weapons. I, I could see a scenario, obviously, where A and M wins this game. I think it's a close one. Um, I don't know, though. I, I'm going to stay with my Tennessee pick there. So I take Tennessee. Will takes Tennessee. Ralph takes A&M. But this is one of those games that gets pretty close save to a graphic. Pickle. Yeah, save the graphic right there. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's roll along to the next game here as I think we're taking a step outside of SEC play. 
with this one. And this is one that is going to be very interesting. Will, you talked about this. Let's just get down to it. If you're a Miami football player right now, how much do you trust Mario Cristobal and this coaching staff? Very little. I mean, if I play for Miami, like if I'm an offensive player, we got to score every time. We get we got to score a touchdown every time we get the ball. If I'm a defensive player, we got to force a three and out every time we get the ball because if we get mm-hmm. down toward the end of the game and it's tight, who knows what, what coach is going to do. I mean, because that was – that's the worst – clock management I've ever seen. Uh it was it was really bad. Uh but this one man I don't I love North Carolina. Love yeah. North Carolina. They have been a covering machine this year. The only co- spread they didn't cover was against Appalachian State. Uh and they've been they've been not just covering but they've been blowouts. South Carolina 31-17, not really a blowout, but a two touchdown win is big. They beat App State by 6. They beat Minnesota 31 to 13. They go on the road to Pitt, win 41 24, and blast a pretty good Syracuse team 40 to 7. You know, and and they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Offensively, we knew how good they were going to be, but, you know, I still am just just kind of in shock at at how good of a job Gene Chizik has done in such a short amount of time to fix that defense because that defense was costing them games. I mean, that game against App State last year, the combined points was over 100, wasn't it? 90 or 100? Yeah, it was crazy. Gene Chizik has turned that defense around, and they are they are legit on defense. Uh, and Miami and North Carolina is at home in this game. I like yeah. them. I think they're they can limit Tyler Van Dyke. Um, you know the run game. I think is just kind of so so for Miami anyway. But they've got a big physical offensive line. Uh, that's going to be the key in this one. Can that North Carolina front get to Tyler Van Dyke? I think on the outside, the secondary can do a really good job. On, on the receivers, but can they get a pass rush? Because we've seen when Van Dyke has time, he can put it wherever he wants to. Well, uh, unless he's playing part. Georgia Tech. Unless he's yeah, playing Georgia Tech. That's, you know, <laughs> I was going to even piggyback off this. Like, I think with Van Dyke, you saw when he has a bad game. Like, when it's bad, it's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But when it's good, it's really, really good. And so, you know, the jokes are being made and obviously all of these things you see why there is pro potential in Tyler Van Dyke and, and why guys have said and scouts have said and analysts and experts have said he could be a pro quarterback. But you can also see the bad. You also see the ugly of what you saw last week. I think there's a game plan of how to stop Miami. But I think Miami's worst enemy in this game is going to be Miami. Like mm-hmm. the mental fortitude to be able to come back from what just happened last week, you're going to learn a lot about your team. You're going to learn a lot about is this is are these type of guys in this locker room, do they trust what's happening? You know, uh, and, and the coaching staff, do they trust what's happening upstairs, you know, in the coaching booths? I, I mean, a loss here, if they lose this game, I'm, I would be – this is a team to watch the rest of the season. How do they respond? And I think immediately having to go back on, you know, go on the road to North Carolina, you know, Dr. Bob said right there, I think that Drake May, when you talk about pro potential, is the best NFL prospect in this year's draft. Is Caleb Williams a better court player? Probably better athlete. Obviously, that's just absolutely <laughs> blasphemous to the quarterback. Matt Rule's position. already forgotten about him. Matt Rule has. That's that's <laughs> for sure. Sandalwood High School is trying to forget about him. Um, that being said, I don't know. I, I think I like North Carolina in this. I don't trust Miami. I, I've had someone call me about this on Monday or Tuesday to talk, and we talked about the game. And they said it's just like Miami because it feel, to to do something like they they did on Saturday night, 
because Miami is, I think, in this deep in the woods search for what they were in the 90s and 2000s. And they're never going to find that again. That was a, you caught light, not only you say lightning in a bottle, it, it was just a very unique situation, culture that you had down there. That being said, now you're constantly trying to prove that you're the big, bad Miami team. And you do stuff like you did on Saturday against Georgia Tech. So that being said, I, I like Drake May. I think, like you said, the defense is much improved. I like some of the weapons. Former Georgia Tech receiver Nate McCollum has been a nice piece for, for the North Carolina receiving core. So I'm taking North Carolina. I don't know what the spread on this game is. Three and a half. Three and a half. I think Tar Heels cover. Like, I think this could be a game will be very, very interesting to kind of see how this ha- – what happens going forward. Because North Carolina wins this. To me, they're in the driver's seat for a spot in the ACC title game. If Miami loses this, you really have to consider what is going to be the temperature of that locker room, you know, are they going to be a six or seven win team at this point? Because things could really start to unravel. Ralph, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm with you on North Carolina covering this game. I think, I just think they're just a better team right now. I think after last week, Miami's just in shambles. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, the the way you lose that game, I mean, we we talk about it last week too much. I feel like it's you look at the box score alone, Miami won that game easily, had time possession, total yards, uh, and they just had five turnovers. You know, just just didn't play with any kind of purpose. It felt like in the second half, and I just feel like you're not you, you have no get up to go on the road to North Carolina and try to beat them at seven thirty at night. There, it's just you don't. I just don't see that in this this weekend. And you know, Drake May. I mean, Doctor Bob said it perfectly. He's the, probably the best prospect in the NFL or for, for the you know for the draft. I agree. Uh, he's got a great you know running running back with. Uh, is it? Oh God, it's Hampton. I forget his first name. Is it Marion Hampton? Marion Hampton, who had a. If you go back and look at his game against uh, App State, where he absolutely balled out, he was that was. I mean, if they get that going against Miami's great rush defense, and then let Drake may just have a a, a casual, you know, two hundred fifty yard game with two touchdowns. That that's just you know take the pressure off Drake May, so he's not he's not doing everything. You know, North Carolina can win this game very easily, and they can cover. And I think they will cover. Uh, by a lot, actually. Mm, mm, I like it. I think uh, North Carolina has a big chance to make a statement in the ACC. Um, like I said, I think Drake May is the most talented pro type style type of quarterback that you um, that you you know you, you look at and you see. It's going to be very interesting to see what he can do going forward in this game. Let's take a look at the next game we got rolling on the docket here, and we take a state out west. We're really guys. I should just. I'm wearing purple, but not for that. Um, I should just let you guys talk about this. Ralph has been on in on Washington. Will has been in on Oregon. So, Ralph, I'll let you talk about Washington first, and then we'll throw it to Will for Oregon. The Huskies, Michael Penix, has just been absolutely on fire, the receiving core. But Washington as a whole, I mean, this is a chance to make a statement in the Pac-12 race. Maybe these two teams face off, face off again, but how do you feel like round one for right now goes? Well, I, will also, I just want to comment real quick. I have also been on Oregon with Will. This is not. This is not an anti. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you've been yeah. on or off on either team. But yeah. I, I, I've watched a few also Washington games probably this year. than more than I have Oregon games. Uh, the last game they played was against Arizona. They struggled a little bit. They only won by a touchdown. Probably should have been by more. We also saw Arizona's Arizona is a good team. Yeah, we also saw Arizona compete against USC. So I don't think. I mean, but also that was a game that they're kind of beat up and they had a lot. They had a you know rough few weeks and they finally got a week off last week. Uh, which I guess both teams got week off. So, you know, both teams coming in fresh. 
it's a home game for Washington. I like that a lot. Michael Penix Jr. has been, I mean, it's unreal what he's doing right now. I mean, you look at the stat lines in the country. Uh, Shadur Sanders leads the country in passing yards by like 20 yards over Phoenix, and Phoenix has played one less game than he has. Phoenix is going wow. to, he's going to, he's going to end the year leading the country in passing yards, probably passing touchdowns. He's going to break some, some, break some records this year. Um, their offense looks great. They, they can, they obviously they can throw the ball very well, but they're also running the ball just as well as they are, you know, through the air. Defense is where I think they're struggling at because Oregon's got a way better defense. Uh, this is not a defense that we see in the past with Oregon. They just kind of, you know, have to just boat race everybody. Uh, just you know, have to just shootouts and stuff like that. This is the Oregon defense that could that could stop you, make you make uh, force turnovers, make you do your, do different things you're not used to doing. So, I, I want to see how they re uh, you know react to Oregon's defense early in the game because Oregon's defense is going to come after Phoenix. They're gonna they're gonna want to you know create him to make him roll out, make him scramble because. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is he is he, he has the best offensive line in the Pac-12. I read, I think yeah. I read a stat line to you. I think when they were playing Cal, I think it was after one of the Tech games. I think it was when Tech lost to uh, or beat Wake Forest, Bryce. We were, they were, they yes. were playing at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Phoenix in like three hundred and something snaps has been sacked one time. So, wow! For him having that offensive line. You know that that much trust in the guys in front of him. You know he's that comfortable with his great receivers. It's a hard thing to be. It's a hard team to you know game manage around. If you can't you can't rush passer. Yeah, it's gonna be something interesting. I mean, Oregon's defense, like you've said, will they've been they've been nice. I mean, they've been you know really nice for a Dan Lanning uh, led squad. When you look at this, the secondary for Oregon does have a little bit of concern when you kind of look at some of the stats, what they're giving up, but. You know, Washington's defense ranks 58th in the country um, in rushing yards allowed per play. I think it's going to be a great game. I still think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that – I'm going to say Washington wins. I'm going to say Washington wins because it's a home game, but I don't think this is the last matchup between these two teams. I think that Washington wins because it's at home, but if you get these two teams in a neutral site – um, it's going to, I don't know. I mean, I think this can really go either way. Your thoughts, Will? Uh, yeah, I'm like Dr. Bob said it right there. I've been on Oregon because, uh, not time for best bet. Uh, Oregon is to me the best team in the pac 12 on both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. Uh, they've got Dan Landing. We knew he was going to bring in a nasty defense and they've been nasty giving up 102 game, 102 yards per game on the ground, just 153 through the air. That's going to go up because Michael Penix and that Washington pass offense is going to get theirs, no doubt about it. Um, but to me, to me, it's the defense and and Oregon. That to me, they're one of, if not the most complete team in the country, with what Bo Nix has done offensively, leading leading that offense. Um, you know, I've been high on him since he was a freshman yeah. at Auburn, <laughs> since he beat Oregon in his first game. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it, it's Oregon controls the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're really big. They're really nasty. They're really mean. They're really good. More importantly, and uh, Oregon, I'm all all on Oregon. I think Oregon's going to win this one. I don't. Husky Stadium is weird. It gets loud, but it's not that big, and it's not a. I think one end is almost totally open end. There's no stands in, in one of the end zones. Maybe both. I can't remember, but it's uh, seventy thousand. By the way. That's, it's up there pretty good, but it's it's got a, one one sidelines goes really high, and then the one end zone it's just kind of like 
possibly 200 fans <laughs> at one second. Yeah, I, I don't know that home field advantage means a ton. I mean, I know that this game is is huge for both of these programs, both of the, Oregon both these fans. Well. Oregon does travel well, they and Oregon's well. used to hearing how loud it gets in their place. So I don't think yeah. they'll be phased going on the road. Yeah. You got an experienced quarterback. You got a good defense. They got all the makings of of taking this one. I think it could come down to who has the ball last. I mean, if there's like a minute 40 left on the clock and you have a chance to go get a, go get a win, I think whoever has the ball in that situation, one, that quarterback who leads that game-winning drive is going to strengthen that Heisman bid really in a, in a good fashion. Uh, but, man, this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I mean, I think it could go either way. It's just going to be fun. And this is, what, a 3.30 game, 3.30 kick or something like that? 3.30 on ABC. On ABC. Also, the over-under is 67. You might want to hammer the over. No. You don't no. think, you think so? it's going to be lower? No, think, lower. Dude. I think it's the I mean, Oregon I think, defense. That Oregon defense. You look at the I still scores think Oregon of Oregon can score 50, though. They can. And then Washington's they, probably going to score 20. I mean, that's, there it is. Listen, that's these true. are the scores of Oregon's games. 81 to 7, 38 to 30. 55 to 10, 42 to 6, 42 to 6. They don't give up points. They, they only gave up points on the road to Texas Tech. That was their first road game. I think you but, could say though, you could make the argument they haven't faced an offense like Michael Penix in Washington. That have, would be the no that doubt. would be the one well, that would be the one thing that I think you well, could hold say. On, say not there's devil's advocate. Colorado's no here, you know. That was the yeah, but you know, Colorado's. I mean, Shador's great, but they don't have the talent to run with. Like, I mean, you mentioned it, Ralph. They don't have the offensive moving line. On. Yeah, they don't have the offensive line. Yeah, right. I so, I yeah, let's uh, – we got one more game to preview here. Well, uh, and this go. is going to be a fun one. This trophy – weird. look at that. Weirdest line of the week, Notre Dame minus three against USC. Jonesy, I think it's strictly because who USC – That's very true. That's who gave him the script. Um, I think this is strictly uh, Notre Dame's favored because USC and Lincoln Riley refused to put out a competent defense. Like, I think that's the only reason – Notre Dame is battered. Like Notre Dame has been through the ringer the past couple of weeks, you know. And is this game? This game is at home. It's is it? it am it's I right? Home game. It's a home. It's game. a home game. So yeah, you're going to have to feed off that. But guys, they have played some crazy football games. You know, going back to the game against Ohio State, you lose that one last second. Then you go play Duke, where that game came down, you know, to to the end and having to come back and win that football game. And then this past weekend, you play a Louisville team that Louisville looked really good and Louisville was able to move the ball on you and they went up on you. I think that this Notre Dame team is gassed. Uh, they're going to have to find another gear. I do like Marcus Freeman. I like what they're building there. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, I'm really high on Sam Hartman as their quarterback. I think it unlocks a new uh, potential ceiling for them that they haven't had there in quite a while. That being said, I mean, I don't want to just say all of that because then that's why USC is going to win. If USC can stop them at all, or if Notre Dame stops themselves and goes into a lull, I think this game could get ugly. Because I don't know if, uh, with Caleb Williams, with the weapons that he has, the offensive mind of Lincoln Riley, like if Notre Dame's just gassed, I mean, do do they have a chance? Like, do they have a chance to win this game if they're gassed? And let's say they go three and out on their first two or three drives. Guys, the game could be over. I mean, by that point. I mean, you could be looking at this game 21 or 28 to 7 at halftime and be like, yeah, this game's over. Notre Dame cannot come back in this game because USC might not stop scoring. Your will, your thoughts. I gotta, I gotta lean on Dr. Bob again. I mean, he's he's the best analyst we've got, and he's just in the comments section. 
uh, forecast is not does not look good for USC. I mean, did you see the that video coming out of practice from him today? They've got assistant coaches spraying players with with water hoses, simulating rain because you know it doesn't rain in Southern California. It's going to be wet. It's going to be cold in South Bend. Uh, and he said it. Notre Dame is the running team. You know, this is a weird line, but Notre Dame is favored for a reason. You know, Vegas, the house always wins. The house always knows. They know something. And I think they know that USC's defense, they don't have one, and they're not going to find one going to going across the country. Uh, I think this is going to be a ball control game for Notre Dame, especially if it's wet and rainy. I don't know that USC really has a chance because they don't run the ball well. Notre mm. Dame is physical. Knew that was going to be the case with Marcus Freeman. He's always going to have his team physical. He's always going to stop the run. And they just got to take care of the ball. I think if they just take care of the ball, they win this one. And, you know, if if the weather is bad, which is what they want, if it gets a sloppy game, they could win this one big. Uh, but you said it. They're gassed, but they got to go home and they get to stay home this week. I think that's big. It's a night game. It gives them just a few more hours to, to rest, collect themselves, and get up for this really, really, really big game, this old-school rivalry game that uh, that's going to be fun to watch. No, didn't know the weather. Well, I didn't know we had Rain Man on the other side of things over there. So <laughs> I think – what's the running back's name again? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Audric Estime. Estime. That kid runs like his life depends on it. And uh, he, he's – I mean, he's he's a really, really I'm, good I'm running I'm going to say what they said about Isaiah Pacheco in the NFL. He runs like he hates the ground. Ooh, ooh, that, I like that. That's one of my favorite comments about him. <laughs> it's true. You watch that man run. He he'll be he looks like he's hit, he's kicking the ground when he's running. It's one of the, my favorite things to watch. Well, look, I mean, Estime is one of the best running backs in the country. I mean, you look at the numbers, what he's produced. So if that is let let's let's I didn't make a pick, so I'll I'm gonna backtrack there. If it is if the weather's nasty, that does favor. It does favor Notre Dame. I, I do believe that Caleb Williams and USC have at least one, maybe two more losses on their docket um, just because they don't have a defense. And you look, you get into a game, if it's low 50s and raining, like Dr. Bob said, that's the forecast. Well, Sam Hartman might just be able to, you know, run a couple play actions and they might be able just to say, look, we're going to physically grind you down. We're tired, but we're going to make you feel every single play that we. You know, we we dominate the line of scrimmage. I think Notre Dame's built a little bit before that. So if that's weather, all those things going, I, I will take Notre Dame. I, I'll take Notre Dame in this one. Ralph, your thoughts? Uh, I just want to make one comment though, and there's nothing you know, no hate against Will. Uh, will said, yeah, I mean, just say it. You hate him. Just go ahead and say. Will, it. will, has, will said that USC doesn't run the ball very well. Now they do have former South Carolina running back Marshawn Lloyd, who very on true. 67 carries is on 519 yards and four touchdowns. That's almost. Eight That's yards it. per carry. It's almost eight yards per carry. That's set so, up by their passing game, look, which will be non-existent strength. in a wet game. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying they run the ball decently. They also have to play, face a defense enough that's good enough to really stop the run. This is their first real test, a road test. I, I'm with y'all on Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's just too much. I think this is it's gonna be a physical game. I don't think Notre. Dame, I don't think USC even be, can be physical enough with USC. Now, if it was you know, at USC, it's sunny, you know, everything. I, I might just pull USC out just because I think they just outscore them. But in, in, in games like this, you in, you know. <sighs> keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Um, and when it's games like this in the rain, 
It, it comes down to who can, you know, get that first down, who can get those yards per carry. I'm taking Notre Dame in this situation. All three of us going with the Irish. Let's take a look now at some of the games we're not really going to preview. Will, I have no clue what yours is, so we're going to let you go first. Go ahead and throw his banner up there. I put it in the chat. What's your oh, game you know to watch? You, you know oh, game to watch? Oh, not game to I thought we were going to the, the other one. No, you what's your – We're actually going first because you're – I first. don't know. No, no. I'll go first. I'll go first. North Carolina State at, at Duke. I think this is these are two ACC teams that are trying to fight to stay, you know, in the in the top four, the top five of that um, ACC. Yeah. Um, former Carrollton High School quarterback, uh, MJ – what's his last yep. name? Uh, I, I blanked. Yep. That's it. MJ. MJ no, Morris. I'm, MJ I'm, Morris. I blanked who was kind of close to coming to Georgia Tech in the portal last offseason, but we don't no need to talk cares. about that. No one cares about that. I uh, know he he had a great performance, you know, in their last game. I think that uh, MJ Morris is a guy that is going to be very, very great. Dr. Bob's going to be at this game. It's at Duke, Ralph. What do you expect? The guy lives on campus. Um, <laughs> you know, so He's all together, I think – Coach K. Well, he doesn't coach there anymore, so it is what it is. He's still there. Uh, I don't, sure think he, I don't think I don't think I don't think coaches sure just retire retire and live where they they coached. He never left. You just don't know it. If you coach at Auburn, you do. <laughs> Anyways, I think that Duke and Tommy Tuberville has, still has a house in Auburn. Gene Chiswick has a house and a chicken restaurant in Auburn. Well, tell me what game you want us to watch. Just yeah, what game are you excited to watch, Will? Oh, I'm not going to watch this, but I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there. Louisiana Monroe at Texas State. Because of the connections to Auburn in this game, you get the old Auburn quarterback T.J. Finley, you get the ex-Auburn head coach <laughs> Terry Bowden on the Louisiana Monroe sideline. Texas State's a big favorite. Can they cover? Um, <laughs> worst already get it out. <laughs> Where is this game? Is it in San Marcos? At, yeah. Yes, Texas State. Seven o'clock. I was going to say, man, if this is. If this was at Monroe, I guess I'm just going to skip the Auburn and LSU game and drive up there. I mean, that's where I'm going. There'd probably be nobody at the game if it was in Monroe. Good. (laughs) The Robertsons might be there, though. Stop. (laughs) Because Louisiana Tech already played this week. They won't be there. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Due to the factors of Auburn and Uncle Cy, Will is going with Texas State (laughs) against. UL Monroe, absolutely zero bearing on the Sunbelt Conference race, but that's completely fine. We'll uh, we'll roll with that. Ralph, your game to pick. Um, yeah. That's... Pac-12 game again this week. I think it's like the third week in a row I have a Pac-12 Ralph, game. Ralph, I just want to say this real quick before you go to this. You claimed you claimed the ACC was better than the Pac-12, yet repeatedly <laughs> you game. picked Pac-12 games. Look, they have better games this week than the ACC does. Am if I they wrong? Have better games, then how is it not the better conference? They've got better games every week. Look, I can't no one's that. watching my best bet on the CW channel this weekend. I just keep going. Well, I tell you what, they, I hope to God no one's watching this game this week. <laughs> That's on ESPN. You know Plus what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it just because. You won't. What time is that game? Will? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. You watch. I have it on my phone. Three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I like this matchup, really. I do. Um, it, after watching last week, UCLA played really well against Washington State. I was actually shocked because I really thought Washington State was going to come in there and kind of, you know, just outscore them, and they didn't. So mm-hmm. UCLA's defense played really well. Um, you got a quarterback at Oregon State, uh, DJU, your favorite person in the world. Yeah, um, we all feel the way, but yes, yep, him. 
you know, I'm never going to learn it. Don't really, don't really want to, don't really care to. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> to me, this game really decides of like who can be that third team out of the Pac-12. Because obviously mm. we have Oregon and Washington in the top two, and then you got USC, who's just kind of lingering right now because they really haven't played anyone. They didn't look very great last week. We're going to lose another game this week. And they still have to play Oregon and Utah this or this year. So can one of these two teams right here pull out a win here and then kind of just stay under the radar to the very end? So uh, I want to point this out too. The reason this is the battle for the third place is because Cam Rising no longer exists. Yeah, uh, he, he is a figment of our imagination. Apparently, he, okay, okay, okay. All well, right. I don't know if he did that, but he don't know if he exists. He's well, a so, he's a figment so, okay. of our imagination. DJ Finley's a better let's, quarterback let's, let's than Cam Rising, is what we're saying. Can we answer the question at the very bottom, Bryce? Sure, go ahead. Let's answer it. Oh. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I don't even understand. It's not really an answer, but okay. <laughs> it's not even a question, really. It's just why well, I guess it is. Such a downer on the title. What, what, what? Where was that being a downer? I said they didn't deserve the win. But Please don't. Said it. Please don't. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Let's just Brian's move on. The same game. thing. He's that was last. I, week. I agree. I completely, one hundred ten percent agree. It was last week. Um, it isn't English. It was awesome. Okay, so let's let's get this. Why were you seeing bunch of why were you being such a downer? It was awesome. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can still be a downer and what still think happening? it was awesome. I don't know. I have no idea. Fantastic profile. Oh, picture he was asking why I was why I was tired. Oh, I had a wedding beforehand. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand what it is. Um let's go to commercial break and we're going to come back with our best bets. Dr. Bob, just with an Excel spreadsheet, we get to figure out what in the world was Ralph thinking when he took Washington state plus three against UCLA, which you already hey, alluded to. to <laughs> your soap is Ugh. and your body wash is a synthetic detergent, but you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch natural soap for men, for men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. Back here at the Crowd of Booth, Will Manis, Ralph Larry. My name's Bryce Kuhn. And now it's time for our favorite segment, Best Bets, where we act like we know what we're talking about and try to give you some advice on that. And Ralph just taking stray bullets, <laughs> stray bullets in the YouTube live chat. Hey, it's a good reason. If you're watching on Twitter, you're like, I want to get involved. I want to throw, I want to shoot some bullets at Ralph, not Whoa. literally, figuratively. Ralph's already said someone died, so I think we're completely okay talking you're about this. You're shooting bullets here. I'm, I'm going to shoot right back. I'm going to let you know. Oh, 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 God. Okay, here we go. Stream is demonetized. We can't get demonetized. We got to stop getting demonetized. It's Well, I, I'm going to tell you right now, we need to stop playing background music in the NCAA streams. Yeah, well, we got to stop playing in background, and I got to stop oh, playing Teams fault? fight songs. You know, it's just, it is what it is. So. Hey, but let's take a look here. Dr. Bob, a fantastic job here on the Best Bet leaderboard on the Excel spreadsheet brought to you by Microsoft. Exclusive partnership, Microsoft here with the crowded booth. He counted my week zero bet, but as you can see, Which I've been... Should. Which I guess he should. But but this is the great part about it. NC State let me down against UConn. SMU Oklahoma I thought was going to be great. Literally missed it. Just awful. 
But, man, I've, I've been on a roll since week three. Syracuse, Arkansas, Missouri, Rutgers last week helped me out big time. I didn't think Wisconsin had the offense to really pull away from them in that second half. I was right. Ralph, Ralph with the South Alabama two-lane route, and his hatred for the Jaguars down in Mobile continued as he, uh, he capitalized on that. Nebraska-Colorado, Ralph did a good job on that one. Kansas State, Missouri, which Ralph, that was a tough beat right there. That that's that's a bad beat because obviously Missouri pulled off the episode, the upset. Mm-hmm. Florida State, Clemson, Ralph needed overtime to help him out there. But Ralph, the last two weeks, Kansas has not helped you out. Absolutely got just smeared on oh, the I uh, said pavement. Points was a lot. It was a lot. It was. I was completely off. But I think it does fit the narrative of why I think Texas, you know, was a playoff team at that point of the season. They were dominating a solid team in Kansas. Washington State, UCLA, a close game. And I will say Washington State almost covered. They almost did cover. They were driving it, it, late it was, in the football uh, game. I watched a little bit of it. I just thought UCLA's defense was a way better. I mean, I was just wrong about their defense. I thought their defense wasn't yeah. nearly as good. Uh, they came out and, and they shocked me. And it really, man, it truly did. Chip Kelly has got a great team over there. Uh, he's, got his, he's finally got his quarterback that he can actually work with. Dante Moore is a young kid, and he's uber talented, man. It's, it's yeah. crazy how good he's going to be in the next two years. So, uh, I was I was wrong with that guy. I mean, what, the, the plus three was just, just standing there in, like in my face, and I just I menacingly, just, menacingly, and I took yeah. it. And I should have, I probably just should have said, you know, UCLA minus three. That's why I just just took that. I'm okay with you, though, doing that. And then Will, he went out west. This was right after Hawaii and Vanderbilt played. And so Will Will was really riding high a couple of things. I think he was taking advantage of the Hawaiians emotionally and everything that happened out there with the wildfires. Uh, You know, you deal with that how you might. Getting back on the island, teams struggling. They have to go to the islands. Stanford with a complete program change. Uh, I could not have been more wrong. That's fine, though. That's fine. It was only a 13-point loss. You then had App State covering 19 was a ton of points, and I think we knew better you know, in that one. I agree with you there. Ole Miss against Georgia Tech. You picked Ole Miss to cover, and this almost didn't happen except if not for some late touchdowns. you know. But, hey, you know, it, it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. Uh, Penn State, Iowa. Penn State, I mean, that was easy. Iowa has no offense whatsoever. USF Navy. Now, that um, one to me is the best bet he's had. That was that, a that good. Was, that was, that's a good one. That's a really, like, really good one. Because that was during the Auburn Georgia game. I'm that's uh, Will was just like, yes, yes, yes. That's, <laughs> that's that's what they call sharp in the business. And then this past weekend, Florida Atlantic minus three against Tulsa. You know, that's a shame should've, because that line went down. The, well, the line actually got down to two and a half after mm. Wednesday, after the show. But Dr. Bob made me stuck with minus three, but that's fair. I put that out on the show. That's fair. I mean, look, Dr. Bob does say it's a scary team in the American conference. Um, But yeah, and you take a look at the records. I'm going to throw out week zero just for the stance of us going against each other since you guys didn't make bets in in week zero. I did. Um, He's more remembers, I think. What did you bet week zero? I I want to say, uh, let's go back to week zero real quick. It's all you can pull up from me uh, week one. I want to say anyway, I just did some random game that was just going on. Was it Mercer, North Alabama? They might have got that one because that was not the only other game on the entire docket there in week zero, it felt like. Nebraska, did you pick that? Was it Nebraska? Uh, no, I want to say I had Hawaii covering, I think. Okay. I think that was, it, was that what it was? What was it again? I have no clue. 17. 
Yeah, I don't I had, know nobody. I think, I, so I think I said Hawaii cover. I could be wrong. I thought I said, I might have said, but I don't remember. So I could be wrong. So. You could be wrong, and you probably are. But we're I just going to go from week one. Um, like Will said, you don't know anybody, so it would be hard for you to do anything to do anything. Um, weeks one through six are rolling with. I'm sitting at four and two on a nice little four game heater. Um, Ralph is sitting uh, three and three. You know, it's going to be very very interesting. Jonesy, we're getting to it. This is uh, called entertainment, and that's what we're doing here. Uh, Will is four and one. Four and one, one and one. Four one. So look, everyone's sitting pretty nice. But Ralph, this is a big week for you. It's a big week, and so I'm going to let you go first as we get ready for this one right here. Walk and talk with me here. Uh, who are you rolling with? Like, who is your best bet, and what's going to get you back in this race? Uh, after watching last week's performance, uh, this team, uh, I thought they probably. They I think Will had this bet. Not like put. I don't think he put it in, but he had this bet on his. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> what? I'm not going to say that. I don't want to expose you. Um, I have Maryland minus 14 against Illinois. I think Ooh. I mean, Maryland's they're, they're good. They look really good, you know, all year. Played Ohio State, you know, played a very good first half. Um, that plus 19 was sitting there, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's that's a bad bet, if, a bad beat. If you had that game, I'm sorry that you lose by 20. That's rough. Um, yeah, but this this is Miss Maryland team. I think they're going to blow out Illinois. Illinois is just not there. They're not good enough to really compete this team. Talia, uh, Talia's. Terrific, honestly. Say it, Talia. No. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to screw it up. So. Go ahead. Um, anyways. Yeah, actually, look, Maryland's good. They got a great offense. They're a great coach. They're 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 a very talented team. They're a scary team to play, especially at home. So, hmm. Maryland minus fourteen. I feel like it's a solid bet. Ralph, that's what one of our our friends, who I know he's not watching the show, so I can say it. It's what he calls a bounce back spot. Going with Maryland in the bounce back spot. Okay. All right. I don't well, mind Will this one, has them on the, the uh, no bet list. So. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, well, all right, Will. You Before you pushed this past weekend, you were on a nice little four-game heater. So tell me who you're rolling with to kind of get back into the green column. And so uh, you can notch another one, and Dr. Bob can put you up for the big dub. Who, who you're rolling with in this week's best bet? South Carolina minus two against Florida. Uh, a couple notes that stick out to me. Florida just punked South Carolina last year in this game, 38 to six. Yeah. Uh, so revenge factor big time. And I think that means a lot to Shane Beamer. <laughs> I think that means a lot to Shane Beamer. And speaking of Beamer as a head coach, he is three and oh off a of bye week averaging Ooh. by a, averaging a cover of by three touchdowns. Mm. So I like them big. Also Florida has lost 13 of 14 away from the swamp. Ooh. So Napier has not figured out how to win away from, from the swamp. So I like South Carolina. I like them a lot. They're coming off a of bye week. They needed that. I think that offensive line is going to start really to start gel, start to gel the second half of the season. And they start with Florida, which I think is a very gettable team for them. This game's in Gainesville. Am I right in saying that? Or is in it in Columbia? Is it in Columbia? Columbia. It's in Columbia. Okay. Yeah. That's going to help big time. That's really going to help big time for the Nepal Otherwise you just, just, Threw off everything you just said. Why'd you say that stat that Florida can't win (laughs) went away from home? Yeah, that would obviously obviously I wasn't listening. So (laughs) you know it's what it is. I'm gonna roll with mine. Uh here we go. Best bet. I'm gonna go to the almost competitive conference here, where I'm gonna go to the CW channel where 17 people in 400 million households will be able to watch this game. So make sure you try to tune in if you can. This is 
a game where I think that I think it's too low. Like I don't think Pitt is good, and I think Louisville is continuously building up. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they are a solid to good team, and I think that they're going to be kind of in that upper echelon of the ACC when the season's in, maybe top five. I think at Louisville winning this game. I think they continue to roll. Uh, Pitt's a tough place to play, but they're just it's not the same pit and I like Pat Narduzzi I think he's a really good coach but I just don't I don't see this I don't see Pitt being able to really stay in this ball game um especially how good can he be I'll go Deion Sanders doesn't know who he is that's also true and Jordan Addison <laughs> didn't even want to stay and play for him so there's a lot of factors that talk about Pat Narduzzi and, and Georgia Tech beat them last year so how really oh, good can geez. this team um I'm taking Louisville minus seven and a half so there's our best bets CW channel 69. Make sure to catch it on your local listings. If you don't have cable and you don't have the ability to go by rabbit ears, um, the ACC is just going to give you the middle finger and say, sorry, you can't watch this. So that's uh, where the ACC is. The spreadsheet has been updated and it's about time for us to roll out of here. Will Manis, Ralph Leary. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in each and every single Monday, Wednesday night. We recap college football and we talk obviously the week coming up. We'll be back live again on Monday evening to recap a week seven that sure is sure to impress. I mean, every single week, guys, I can't believe we're over the halfway mark now of college football getting into this season. It's going to be a lot of fun to see some uh, potential conferences start to pull away with the, with the uh, upper echelon of those teams. We'll catch you next time here on another episode of the crowded booth. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.